Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Billy B.J. Jones, host of B.J. Speaks and creator of Everyday Folks Radio. Thank you for joining us for this live segment. Today is the last day of September, September 30th, 2020. It's also fall, my favorite time of year. And also, it's an opportunity for you to stay tuned to some of the exciting programs that we have coming up. We have some amazing guests, starting with our amazing guest um, uh, VIP today on the show, and a host of others that are coming. We're going to roll out of 2020 with just such an, a, a, a myriad of wonderful, talented, creative thinkers, professionals, and artists and the like. So stay tuned. Visit everydayfolksradio.com for more updates. If you'd like to speak to me or my esteemed guest during this segment at any time, you can call me at 347-539-5372. Again, that number is 347-539-5372. And if you're a little shy and you'd prefer to inbox me, you can send me your questions, comments, or requests via everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that is everydayfolks with an S, listen, at gmail.com. I also have my Instagram account open and the chat feature open on my studio, too, for those of you who are listening globally and in different time zones who'd like to speak with us. Shout out to South Florida Writers Association. My, my family, our, our brand, um, definitely they're doing amazing things, even during remote, these unprecedented times. The, the organization is continuing. Its next meeting is on Saturday, October 2nd via remote. Visit SouthFloridaWriters.org or my website for a link under who I'm supporting. And then lastly, a plug to my brother, Nadine Tabs. He and I will be co-hosting another segment of the Fright Talk. And Fright Talk, guys, we're back this Friday at 8 p.m., and our conversation is on COVID Halloween, you know, tips and ideas for a safe celebration. And we have a few other surprises throughout the month because it is the season that we hope you'll enjoy. And now the bio of our, my esteemed guest. Dr. Jacqueline Pena is an educator, author, podcaster, entrepreneur, success coach, and consultant who focuses on helping people succeed in their personal and professional endeavors. Born and raised in Bronx, New York, Jacqueline has dedicated 20 years to student success in higher education, working in academic support, classroom instruction, curriculum development, professional development, strategic planning, assessment, and accreditation. After serving as Dean of Faculty for five years, Jacqueline is now using her experience to help people and organizations find their purpose, fulfill their missions, achieve their goals, and build on their successes. She recently launched her podcast, and I have to share, folks, you better check it out, okay? It's titled Coffee and an Interview with Dr. Jacqueline Pena, which is now available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play, and also will be available as an FYI, by the way, folks, under who I'm supporting, because this is my homegirl here. We've got to make sure she's getting full support, which is now, and, and also, just to add, Jacqueline received her Bachelor of, or Bachelor of Arts in English Literature from Herbert H. Lehman College her master's degree in English Lit from Boston College, and her doctorate in curriculum and instruction from Florida International University. And she also completed a postgraduate certificate in institutional research from Florida State University. This is a great honor because I've known this amazing, beautiful, and talented professional for over a decade. We've been almost, almost 15 years going on now. And so it is a pleasure to have you with us today, Dr. Jackie Pena. How are you? 
Hi, Billy. How are you? <laughs> I'm fantastic. I've been waiting for September 30th because I know this day, the, the month would end with something great. And here you are. <laughs> and you left to be speechless with that bio and those comments. I just want to thank you for being such an amazing supporter, mentor, colleague, and so many other things during the years we've worked together. Uh, and even today, we were sharing some tips for success. Um, and just thank you for having me on your show. It's really a pleasure. Uh, I'm truly honored to be here with you today. Thank you, Jackie. And I say the same. And, and, I, and I have to say, you never stay still. There are so many things that are going on in your world. And the purpose of this segment is to celebrate the achievements and accomplishments of incredible people like you. So it's been four years in the making that I've been wanting to have you here, and here we are. So I thank you all the same. So, you know, Jackie, I, look, I know your story, and I know all the incredible things you do, and also the heart. You have heart. In your heart, it's education. And so let's paint a picture. A lot of folks don't know the, the Jackie before all the hype, right, and all the incredible things that you've done. So let's talk a little bit about that journey. Where you know where you grew up, how where you were born and raised, and how you've evolved into the professional you are today. Wow, quite quite a journey. Um, <laughs> I'm the first American person in a very large Dominican family. Mm-hmm. So um, I was born and raised in the Bronx, New York. My parents were Im- are immigrants from the Dominican Republic, and um, they came from true poverty. I mean. My mom was raised in a village. We're talking about no running water, no paved roads. Mm-hmm. Um, you ride, you know, you ride a, a donkey to get water, or you carry it on your head. Kind of poverty, and she really knew that she wanted something better for herself, but also mm-hmm. for her family and her future children. And so she, when she got married, she made sure that we were not born until we were in the United States, <laughs> so that we could be citizens. Uh, she's very strategic. Let me tell you. <laughs> Um, and we, we grew up uh, pretty poor, but we just didn't know it. We didn't feel it because we grew up with everything we needed. We grew up with family, all our cousins. Mm-hmm. We grew up with love in our home. Um, growing up, we had our challenges. Financially, we had our challenges. We, um, you know, you go through a lot of um, situations when you're an uh, immigrant and, and English is not your first language and English was not my first language. Uh, but luckily, I was able to go early into school and start learning English, taking ESOL courses. Um, we went through a lot of those things. Um, at the same time, we also had some struggles at home. So I've been mm-hmm. talking a lot about growing up with an alcoholic parent and mm-hmm. what that does for you as a child and growing up and how to um, reflect on that and be able to understand who you are through, the, through that lens and where you want to go and who you want to be and how you want to get there. And that in itself was a very difficult part of most of my life, but we all go through a lot of challenges and struggles. Um, And, you know, I I was, I went to school in the Bronx. I Mm -hmm. uh, eventually I moved to Massachusetts for five years. I became faculty there. I completed my master's there. And at some point I made my way down to Florida the whole time. Mm -hmm passionate about education. I mean, mm-hmm. in high school, I was volunteering with the Sisters of Charity, the organization under Mother Teresa, mm-hmm. to teach in the South Bronx and wow. uh, to cook in the soup kitchen and to help huh. uh, people through different challenges and helping families through some uh, workshops we would do and courses. So uh, teaching has always been in my blood. It's, it's, uh, it's what I love. It's my life. Um, and from there, I think everything else just grew out of there. I, Uh, I started teaching. I started seeing that there are other ways beyond just teaching that I can help Mm -hmm. people be successful. I started doing more administrative work, but then outside of schools, I started doing more work in the community, nonprofits, things of that sort, working with companies and organizations to try to really help people be able to overcome the challenges that we face when we're either immigrants or we're in low-income communities or have any other circumstances that make it just a little bit difficult to get to certain places or just a few extra barriers. So how do mm-hmm. I help people succeed, overcome mm-hmm. some of those challenges, some of those barriers? Mm-hmm. As I'm glad you said that. You, you mentioned several things here. All the things that you just mentioned that you experienced are the commonplace items that are on the agendas for educators today in the 21st century. We are navigating, Jackie, some very unprecedented times. And unprecedented times require some unprecedented leadership and measures. And so we've seen a lot in 2020. We've learned a lot and we're still learning. And so a lot of your background, it actually relates very nicely to 
the, uh, it, it helps prepare you to respond to the critical needs of today, right? And so you mentioned your mother earlier to, uh, in, in your dialogue, and, and I in, in, in assume that she's been played an integral role in inspiring you. Would you say that's the case, or are there others as well? Who or what has inspired you to, to be who you are today and to continue to move in the spirit that you're moving? So I have to say my mom is one of them. Um, she is a fighter. She's hardworking. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been to th- through things that you can't even envision in Lifetime movies, for example, and has been able to really navigate everything in such a graceful way mm-hmm. and protecting her family at the same time and her strength, her energy, and always climbing up, you know, going from working in a cafeteria to owning a small business. And, you know, she just keeps pushing and pushing. And that's very inspirational. My father is inspirational as well, mm-hmm. because even mm-hmm. though we had a lot of our challenges and we still do, he, um, he supported my independence. <laughs> I always wanted to be independent ever since I was like five. <laughs> and he supported my creativity. <laughs> and he has a creative spirit. My mom is very strategic. You have to do this, this. My dad's very creative, music, writing. So I got a lot of that from him. And growing up and, and even all the way through now, I just keep meeting so many amazing people. Mm-hmm. who have overcome different circumstances, who've lived through certain things, or who just show me, show me what amazing leadership looks like, what uh, creativity can look like. And mm-hmm. all these people I meet along the way in different ways inspire me. I, I, th- I need to let them know that more often, I think. But literally all the time I meet someone and something about that person will inspire me and I'll get something from there to keep moving forward. I know that you're very interested and passionate about travel. And I always tell my students it's important to get out of your locale because traveling is learning, understanding, immersing oneself in, in, in another culture. It's very eye-opening. It's very refreshing. And it also is very um, affirming. You know, there's, you know, there's lots of affirmations that can come from it, you know, to appreciate what you do have at home or better yet, what, could, what you could help to help grow. So you've been to some incredible places. Let's chat about that. You've been to how many states have you been to in America? Oh, my God. I, um, have you counted? Yeah. So I actually have a big map on in my bedroom on the wall uh-huh. so that I can start tracking. I think I've been to over 30. I have quite a few to go. Uh, Alaska is one of those. I'm saving uh, it for good. a friend. Uh, we're going to do a cruise. I'm missing, like, the you know North Dakota, South Dakota, Utah, mm-hmm. Colorado. So I'm going to start hitting those uh, 2021. But, um, but yes, I really wanted to be able to immerse myself in at least one city of mm-hmm. every state of the U.S. Uh, Hawaii mm. would be one island, so I got to go to Kauai um, and really try to learn what else is out there because we live in bubbles and silos and we don't realize it. And right. Yeah, so it happens. Like growing up in the Bronx, you know, you have your Bronx silo. Leaving mm-hmm. there, you know, you, you go to Massachusetts and you're – Maybe you're in Boston or you're here, you're there, and you start seeing new things and, and, you, ex- and you have new experiences and you experience new culture, new people, new ways of doing things, things that you could do that are exciting, like hiking for the first time. And then you take that further out. So now you can check out places in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and travel doesn't have to be expensive. I encourage right. people to um, carpool. Uh, mm-hmm. find cheap tickets, share hotel room. I'm really great at making salads, sandwiches, coffee, tea. I can make oatmeal in a coffee machine in a motel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't eat much. And, you know, we could do it. Uh, so definitely that's one of my goals is to hit all mm-hmm. 50 states in the next few years. Thank you so much. And folks, you're listening live. If you're just now tuning in, I'm here with my dear friend, Dr. Jacqueline Pena educator, podcaster, author, entrepreneur, success coach extraordinaire. If you'd like to speak to her or me during this live broadcast, you can call me at 347-539-5372. Again, that call-in number is 347-539-5372. I'll tell you, Jackie, my screen is beginning to light up. So we're getting some questions here. And by the way, folks, this segment is being brought by my dear friend, Jonathan Stalter. Have you ever been in a situation that your insurance won't cover? Have you not had the coverage for what you thought you did? Now more than ever, people need the, the quality health insurance and the coverage that they, that they need for every situation. Please call my friend Jonathan Salter. His number is 
815-822-3557. Again, that's 815-822-3557. Mention to him when you call that you heard the, the announcement right here on Everyday Folks Radio. And Jackie, I have a question for you, and it's coming from Marcos. He says, Dr. Pena, what has inspired you to start your podcast? Because we were going to get to that part. So what did inspire you to start your podcast? So I think the number one thing is uh, learning. I'm all about learning new things and learning from people, breaking out of my silos, physical, mental silos, any silo. And mm-hmm. I'm all about coffee. Uh, if Billy knows, you know, I'll be like, hey, let's have a cup of coffee and I'll she sit down and I'll just – yeah, I love my coffee. <laughs> and I'll just ask questions and really uh, learn from the people right. I meet. And I really thought it would be great to bring this to an audience, to be able to um, have coffee with someone and learn amazing things from, I, I used to say ordinary people, but I think mm-hmm. all these people are extraordinary. So just learning mm-hmm. things from extraordinary people and sharing that with the audience, letting them feel like they're sitting down having a cup of coffee and hearing this great advice, these tips. And, and information they can need, need. And I also list resources from our speakers, our guests, mm-hmm. on the actual description with links, because sometimes you hear something that really, you know, triggers something else in you and you say, I need this, I want this, I want to learn more about this. And once you go into the description for the podcast, you can click on that link and jump into those resources. But I, I just wanted to, tell- to share. And I'll share Marcos. I had the pleasure of listening to one of her more recent episodes. It may have been last week or the week before where you had two other women were on the show, Jackie, and you were having, I think they were entrepreneurs and they were having this incredible conversation and I could see them. They were doing this live through Facebook, by the way, folks, because I actually got to see them. I mean, she's really, really, her, her, her platform is just amazing. And the conversation was so inspiring because each of these individuals, including yourself, each comes from a very unique background and unique interests. But there was a common thread among you three, regardless of those experiences, you took that and, and you bundled it. You took all your talents and you, just, you weren't afraid to put it out there. You were risk takers in such beautiful ways. And now those contributions are being well, you know, worldwide felt. And so all three of you were saluted for that. Do check it out, folks. That podcast is impressive. And again, if you missed an episode, you can go on and check it out because there are some several in Google Play. She's everywhere. She's more places than I am. I want to say that right <laughs> I'm now. I'm on okay? Amazon now. I didn't even She's know. On Amazon, I'm on Amazon. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is all, I mean, she has taken it digitally global, okay? And that's what it's about. So do support her. And we'll provide a link under who I'm supporting on Everyday Folks Radio to make sure we get that information out. So, you know, Jackie, throughout, you know, I was born here in South Florida and I've traveled a ton of places as well. I've seen more than half of the states in America, been to several countries as well. So I like you. We share a lot of common interests. The one thing that I've never done, though, is live for an extended amount of time beyond maybe a month or two in another country. You know, I've always visited, but I was always in the tourist, you know, areas. And so South Florida to me is home because there's such a critical need here, right? And so you mentioned earlier that South Florida, you, you somehow, you migrated down to South Florida, right? And you've been here for quite some time, and so it's part of your culture. And so now you've had an opportunity because of your travels for joy and for professional purposes. You've gotten an opportunity to survey the landscape in so many ways, right? And you've seen some incredible spaces, incredible educational institutions and things like that. So what would you say are some of the top takeaways from those landscapes that you've seen? Not the places, but the landscapes that you can say, you know what, out of all the things that I've seen, these are really the top two or three things that resonated with me the most that make me value what I've seen. That's a, that's a good question. Uh, and Thank I think you. that changes. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, I think it changes with age. I think, um, so I'm going to be very honest in my twenties mm-hmm. and early thirties, you know, South Florida was the place because it right. had a great uh, nightlife, a lot of things to do, and I have a lot of energy. And uh, and I'm from New York, the city that never sleeps. So uh, transitioning from New England to Miami was perfect because I could always find the beach to go to a park. There's just so much 24 hours a day. But I think that change and, and, and so much uh, rich international culture here that you mm-hmm. might not see, for example, in, in my location before South Florida, which was New England. So, um, so I think that, that that was appealing. Now in my 40s, I can tell you um, I'm getting more into nature and I'm loving the hiking scene and the mountains and, 
elevation, uh, except that my lungs are not ready for elevation because mm-hmm. Miami's flat, so I have to get in shape. But loving this this connection with nature again. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that New England landscape, New Hampshire particularly, mm-hmm. has really um, it has a good connection with me right now because I'm mm-hmm. I'm going back to that that piece that connecting with nature and I can do that through hiking even if I'm breathing, you know, like if I'm about to die because I'm out of shape. Um, but that's, uh, I think that piece for New Hampshire is great. For South Florida, I feel still that it's, for me, Miami, very international, very uh, almost tropical. Like uh, I'm, not in, I'm not in the Dominican Republic, but I'm not quite in a traditional city. So for mm-hmm. me, it feels really good. And I feel a connection to my homeland. And, and to some of the cultural pieces and the food and the way of being that I'm used to there. So I'm, I'm tying it to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spent a little more time, like recently I was in Virginia and there mm-hmm. it's very different. It's more like where I was, was a lot of hunting and, and, and things like that. But I, I was able to connect with uh, more of that foresty, again, that mm-hmm. nature piece, not the hiking so much, but more of the foresty without the mountains so I don't have that elevation mm-hmm, to really mm-hmm. take in that view so there's so much out there I think we're all looking for different connections to uh, inspire us or to get to another level or to connect or to do something different mentally I mean uh, uh, I, I really crave I, apparently I really crave mountains right now I really crave that challenge and that connection with nature and knowing that uh, and, and what I can get out of that once I get to that summit and see everything and then sit there and just have that breathtaking moment. I think I need that because I, I don't spend enough time alone. Now I do with COVID, but I, I didn't mm-hmm. spend enough time alone and I don't spend enough time reflecting. That's something I've been right. doing a lot more in the last few years. And, and I think that's where that landscape comes. I love the Boston area, the New England, more the broader mm-hmm. circle for mm-hmm. educational purposes. Um, there's just so much going out on there in terms yeah. of education, higher ed, so mm-hmm. many different schools, so many lectures. You could just walk into Harvard and hear a great right. lecture. So when I am inspired in that educational mode, I'm going to hang out in Boston maybe or in the surrounding areas. So I think I think it just feels right depending on where you are that day and that time of your life, finding that right place that will help you feel centered for what you need at that moment. Mm, well said. Uh, I'll share, I too, as I mature, recognize the value of nature. And communing in nature inspires me in my writing and my creativity. Do you find the same? I do. I do. And I I think um, the the alone time uh, fuels my creative process, especially for fiction. Uh, And Believe it or not, alone time in the car actually is better for my fiction. But for my nonfiction work, I find that that alone time at the summit of a mountain or, you know, as I'm hiking up, I, I find it, it just opens up my brain cells to think about how I can inspire, help others do reflection and, and go through growth processes themselves. So yeah, I do. It. It's, it, it's for me, it definitely helps creativity. And I have to salute you. You have a book actually for these travels that actually, I think we, we need to talk about. I bought your, your first work, which is a, a journal, a workbook that encourages folks to, to journal those experience, experiences. Can we talk a little about, a bit about that work? Sure, sure. So, the, so I actually looks like it's, it's going to be a series. And uh, so the first yeah. one was the 90-day reflection journal. And it does have a space to document daily lessons learned. So each day you start from the framework mm-hmm. of what did I learn today? It could be a new lesson. It could be an old lesson that you're uh, relearning, um, anything, uh, you know, uh, anything around health, professional, person, it could be any kind of lesson. And then there's a space for you to talk about the experience that helped you, helped you learn or remember that lesson and then extra journaling space if you need it. And once you're done, after every 30 days or after every month, mm-hmm. there's a section for you to reflect on the month as a chunk top lessons learned, things that you've seen about yourself. But then after the full 90 days, you go through an intense reflection process. And from there, you think about some, uh, some successes. We, all, we tend to not talk about successes. A lot of us right. talk about, oh, I did this horrible. Right. I did this bad thing. I'm a terrible. I'm a terrible person. Or I made this mistake. So you want to reflect on your successes and growth opportunities. Let's not talk about the stuff we suck at growth opportunities and then from there you can establish some goals so uh so that's a 90-day reflection uh journal 
And that inspired a 30-day reflection workbook. Uh, so the 90 days became a 30-day for those who don't like to journal, but want right. to go through that reflection process. And there's a little bit more intensive goal setting and goal tracking in that book, just to get you to think about goals after the 30 days for another 30 days. And this process has been great, even with my students in my class. Mm -hmm. So maybe in a class, I'll have my students for 90 days track all the lessons they're learning about the English language, communication, writing, uh, depending on the course, but usually mm -hmm. I teach comp courses. And it's amazing what they um, come up with and the things that they discover about themselves, language, communication, writing through that process. And, um, and so I'll have the 90 days of gratitude will be the next book in this series and 90 days of kindness. Awesome. So how do we focus wow. on what we're grateful for? And then how do we focus on doing one act of kindness a day and tracking that act of kindness and, and, um, and how it's, it's helping others, not just thinking about ourselves now, but thinking about others. I think this is amazing. And, it's, and it matches you, Jackie. Let me say this. <laughs> uh, everything that you're doing, and, I, and we were, you and I were chatting before the show started, and we were talking about how we understand where we are and who we are and where we're centered in this universe. Everything that you're doing is aligned to who you are what you to the degree what you want to contribute to the world how you want to receive that world and how you want to leave it a legacy in that world and it's beautiful to see how all of this is it has your temperament all in it i think that's so beautiful it's beautiful to observe and folks our number here is three four seven five three nine five three seven two I see that you're not using it, but Jackie, I actually have nine questions for you that are here. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to probably have to go off script a bit because our questions, our questions are just so deep. And, and you know, this is not your last time being here. So we're going to have to do a reunion show to make sure we capture everything. But definitely for those who would like to still send in those emails, everyday folks listen at gmail.com is that inbox. I'll go ahead and just use that as my primary. This one's from Benjamin. And here's the question from Benjamin, Jackie. What key issues do you think higher ed should work on today? Oh, that's a good one. It's a very good one, Benjamin. Thank you for listening, by the way. Three issues. In, and I'll, and I'll yeah. chime with you. We'll, we'll chat about this one. This yes, was a good one. Yes. Yeah. So definitely, please, Billy, because you and I come from this world and worked it together. But yeah. I think some of the key issues is that, number one, is we have to rethink what we teach and how we teach it as institutions. Sure. So traditional four-year degrees are great, um, but maybe the traditional sitting in the classroom is not, you know, we could, we could flip the script, partially remote, hybrid, more competency-based. Some right. people don't necessarily do traditional. So I think in higher ed, we have an opportunity to get more creative, move beyond four-year degrees, more certificates or more other kinds of uh, badge certifications, diplomas, but also get a little bit more creative in terms of how people um, show, learn the information, show what they've learned and earn the credits. So I think that's a big challenge and also try to get credits for what you already know if you don't have competency-based education as well. I think a lot of people are coming in with amazing skill sets from other um, areas or opportunities that they're getting and bringing it to higher ed, but it's not transferring to credit. So we got to get creative on that side and getting creative financially. So uh, education, I'm going to be, the, I think the biggest issue out of all of this is education is just too expensive. Yeah, cost. And yeah, cost is incredible. And a lot of us have to work. Uh, I had to work multiple jobs while going to college and we have to work and try to get the degree. And financial aid is a great resource. We don't all qualify for financial aid because of different circumstances. And financial aid doesn't cover the cost for tuition outside of most public institutions. And then maybe we need dorm and then books. I think we've gotten out of hand with books, uh, prices for textbooks. So how can we create more affordable opportunities opportunities for students or help students see the value in maybe a starting at a community college or attending a public a university or college for your college if they're not able to do that so that they don't uh, accrue these massive student loans because I just know too many people who went to college to get ahead but they've been stuck mm -hmm. for uh, one decade two decades maybe one and a half decades because they left with 50, 60, 70, $120,000 right. loans. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we just got to figure mm -hmm. some of that stuff out. What, what is it that we're really trying to, how we're trying to empower our students 
so that they can be successful. And yeah, they got the degree and they got the great job at this company, but um, how do we help? But then, but then they're successful in life because they're stuck with this huge student loan. So I think we just have to look at uh, degrees, how we teach, what they learn. Um, and then of course, how number one is how do we make this more equitable? Equity is a whole other issue too. Um, access to the, to higher ed, uh, but that's in the gateway coming in. But within the college, how do we create more resources, make it more equitable, especially when it comes to financing loans and, and the price of education? Well said. I, I did everything you just mentioned, and I'll focus on one particular, and that is mode, the modality in which we offer the education. Mm-hmm. I never thought, Jackie, that now in the seventh month of going through what we're going through here, I recognize, you know, distance ed, distance ed is a great opportunity. It's a great option. But now that technology has evolved to a level that allows us to have live synchronous um, learning, it just changes the game. It redirects us to really reconsider what we're doing and realizing that we can still do what we do in another potential fourth or or sixth modality. I mean, let's take the list. We have traditional, right, Mm face-to-face, and we're talking higher ed folks for those who are listening. And then we have, we started infusing, remember the time there were independent study courses? They used to call them independent study. Okay, now they're called, you know, so what are they now? They're they're now called other alternatives. Some call them pseudo internships. Others call them um, self-paced learning. There are other opportunities, right? But then we have blended. We have hybrid courses. And now we're having remote lives, like another welcomed addition, I think. And when I polled my students recently, I asked them, I said, well, how do you all feel about this? I'm always taking the pulse on where they're at. They said, I actually like this because it gives me another option so that if I do have to do or be somewhere at a certain time, I can still engage with the faculty. So I hope that a college will consider at least having a menu of courses like this for us in the long term. And I said, you know what? They're absolutely right. And I've been at this seven months. You've been at this seven plus months where, you know, in this, in these unprecedented times, we've been doing things online before. It just makes us reevaluate how we're doing things and still confirm that we can still do things, right? And so I think education for higher ed is definitely, uh, Benjamin, one of the things that we're going to be looking at. I think higher ed is always at an advantage because we're not under, not all the time, the, the, the whole, the, the, the challenges or the, 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 the regulations of a state, if you're a state, college, or university. And if you're private, then there are other challenges, right? But I still feel that there's, it's not an excuse for having open opportunity and looking at creative opportunities that help inspire students to succeed. And, and I think teachers now, the other thing that I think is changing, that, that, that's one thing that's big. If you're an educator right now, starting from this point forward, anyone coming into this game, there is no looking back on how we operated and what we expected of our educators yesterday. The, the game has just gotten upgraded and, 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 up, and leveled up to another level mm-hmm. of expectation of what we need from our educators. And not only from what society wants of them, but how we hold ourselves accountable and what we do as well. So it's really helping us reevaluate and strengthen our own identity in terms of the profession. That educators are not second class citizens. They are frontline incredible contributors that are building the, tomorrow's workforce. And we need them mm-hmm. from K or pre-K or VPK all the way to post-secondary and, and, and vocational. And so I, I thank you so much, Benjamin and, and Jackie, for your response on that. Jack, I got another question, though, coming in from mm-hmm. Maria. This one's, this one's going to take it to another term, and this was actually okay. about you. How oh. do you balance work life and personal life? What tips Ooh. can you recommend to Maria? <laughs> That's, That's a, a good, good one. one. Uh, so I struggle with that because I am task-oriented uh, and I need to keep busy. Uh, but, but then there's the creative side that for me is the hobby and, and the work side. I also want to frame it this way. You have to define work-life balance for yourself. It doesn't mean you only work eight to five mm-hmm. and then you live your life five to 11. <laughs> and uh, I think a lot of people have gotten into this mindset that that's what it means to write a work from life. It really means about figuring out what your priorities are and then creating the schedule for you. So I actually don't even work a set schedule like I'll split it up in one or two hour chunks two hours I'm working on this grant an hour I'm going to work on this and I'm going to go work out at you know 12 to 2 because that's important to me today and then you know I'll cook at four to five and then maybe I'll keep working five to seven but that works with my lifestyle um, 
creating the balance that makes sense for you um, and taking time out for yourself. And the hardest part is taking time out for self-care. And one of the things that I'm learning is that sometimes we have to even schedule, some of us have to schedule self-care. I'm the kind of person who might sometimes need to schedule the uh, Friday from six until I pass out. I'm just going to binge watch Netflix because I've been working really hard all week and I need to force myself to do it. So you want to figure out what kind of self-care you need. Um, I create all kinds of, um, I, I like my lists. Right now I'm working with time blocks and I'm making sure that there are 168 hours a week. I'm just making mm-hmm. sure that I am taking care of myself within the 168 hours and I, I have my time blocks and, and things like that because I can get very um, engaged in what I'm doing, especially when it's a job that I mm-hmm. love in education. I would stay in the office till 11 o'clock at night. So I need, I need to tell myself you have to prioritize work-life balance sometimes. Um, but you have to define it for yourself first and then determine your priorities. And then from there, make sure you set side, time aside for each of those priorities. And that's really more of the work-life balance. If it's children, if that's a priority because you have children, make sure you're dedicating time to children. If it's your health, make sure you're dedicating time to that. If it's in um, getting an education, maybe getting another degree, make sure you dedicate time. So, so determine your priorities. And then from there, how you use your time should be based on your goals and your priorities and create that work-life balance that way. Oh, I love it. I love it. The uh, only thing I'll, I'll add to that, Maria, and Jackie hit it spot on, that self-care is so critical. And, and Jackie knows as well because she knows my own story. I recognize when I hit 40, I recognize that I wasn't doing, I was living and enjoying the things I was doing, but I wasn't loving them. Loving them. And there was a missing piece of me, a part of me that was missing, and that was the creative outlet. And so you know, years later, here I am, six years later, I sit here today because we all make some choices, right? And we have to set these appropriate boundaries for ourselves and also be able to face ourselves in front of that metaphorical mirror. When you look in that mirror, Maria, do you like what you see? Are you embracing that? And if you feel something's missing, that's okay. Mapping it out and and creating those steps and, 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 and those opportunities to really investigate and learn to yourself. As long as we live and breathe, we can still learn and grow. And so mm-hmm. Jackie, Jackie hit it well, especially with the balance. When you can find the balance and find the right rhythm that works for who you are, your lifestyle, and your own special, your needs, where you are at the, at the present, and also where you want to go, because we also have to be forward thinking, too. I think it's very critical that we have all those things aligned, because if you're living for others, Maria, and not doing what's best for yourself, the question is, are you really living? And I want you to live and, 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 and have that enjoyment for yourself. And so thank you so much for listening. Here's another question for you, Jackie, from Solomon. Uh, okay. He says, what type of writing do you enjoy doing the most? This is a good question. I want to know this. And why do you write? Why do you write it? Ooh, the why. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the kind of writing I enjoy the most is uh, creative fiction writing. And I'm going to be honest, my heart is in screenplays. So my background, <laughs> I used to write uh, plays and screenplays. I love that. Um, movies. But um, but because of the market and the reach and what I can do in helping others, I've been focusing more on books. So I, I'm writing short stories and, and uh, full novels. And I have two drafts already done of two different books. And now I'm going to mm-hmm. transition to revising one and writing a third book. Why do I write? I've noticed a theme. And the theme, I think, um, is built. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about this whole idea of branding because I'm so mm-hmm. bad at you know, branding myself and trying to put everything under the umbrella. But the truth is I'm not as bad as I thought I was. Everything I'm not doing is really, I know I thought I was, but <laughs> that's self-doubt, that's self-doubt. But uh, it's all about discovering strength, right? So how do I, how did I discover my strength? How do I keep mm-hmm. discovering my strengths? But how do I empower others to discover their strengths? And I've noticed that with my creative writing, they're all stories about people discovering their strengths, fictional stories that I hope will inspire others through different complicated situations. So I think I, my why my why is my creative outlet. I just have all these amazing stories that I want to share. Uh, well, I think they're amazing right now. We'll see. We'll see when they come out. But I have all these stories I want to share. But I think all my stories have that powerful message of characters discovering their strengths. And I'm hoping that through that process, readers can discover their strengths as well in different life challenges or internally anything that's going on, any self-doubt, any issues that, that you're facing. So that's the why and the kind of writing I enjoy doing. Thank you, Jackie. And I got a question as an add-on. 
So let's talk about the where you write, because I know that you like to commune in nature and you're on the road often, but also what really gets your, your, your thinking, your, 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 your muse uh, insp- um, inspiring you? Like, what is it like? I'll, I'll paint the picture first of what I do and then you can jump in. Mm-hmm. For me, I can write my best stories not sitting here in the studio. I could be sitting in front of the television talking to my better half while watching a show and I could be writing a story. It is so weird. Like, it just works for me. Now, I can't grade that way, but I certainly can create that way. And so, and that's, and it could be the Golden Girls is usually the backdrop (laughs) if the TV is on or I'm watching 80s kickback on MTV, right? So I'd love to know from your end, what is your your, your go-to, your mojo, your favorite? I don't know. What do you do? What what is your, what is the life of Jackie like in that regard? Yeah. And if you could, you can hear me okay, right? Yes, I can. Okay, perfect. We had a little Wi-Fi moment there, but um. So, yeah, so uh, definitely the, my creative process has changed mm-hmm. as I got older. Um, but one of the things is I'll, I'll have an idea. I have quite a few ideas that I just never, I never prioritize work-life balance. Right? I never prioritize my writing, which I love mm-hmm. in my life. So all these wonderful ideas that I think are wonderful now, let's see, as I develop them, are, are in a drawer, literally in files with notes. And now I have the opportunity to really flesh them out. And mm-hmm. this is going to sound really weird, but I can, I figure out the map of my stories or of my books as I'm driving long distances. I don't know really? why. And I think, yeah. And I huh. think it's because it's the only time because I'm, I'm such a busy bee is the only uh-huh. time uh, it's one of the few times that I quiet down. Usually I'm driving by, I drive by myself most of the time. And, you know, literally I drove from Miami to Maine recently and mm-hmm. I left my car in Massachusetts. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, wow. and so during that drive, I really fleshed out the plot and, and the outline for, for two books of a trilogy. So I think that the alone time, so I, I, closing off the world and giving your mind some time to breathe and then you're able to flesh out ideas. I noticed yesterday I took some self-care time. I stopped working earlier. I had a nice dinner with someone. We, you know, nothing work-related, got lots of rest. I woke up at 7 a.m. full of creative energy. So I think <laughs> there's something there. And, and you know, and so I, I, was, I was alone. It was quiet. I was off to work. So I think that that quiet time um, to let your mind rest from all the craziness allows for that creativity. And then there's something really weird. For some reason, a song gets attached to a novel and the lyrics might not actually have anything to do with a novel. It might be something about the beat. I don't know why. So I'll end up having to play that song six, 10, 30 times in the car as I continue to play out uh, the plot and create the outline. And then at some point I sit down and, uh, and, and map, map out my book and then start writing. Oh, wow. Thank you for that question, Solomon. I got another question for, from Bob, but before we get to that, just want to thank you all for your continued support. We're going to do our best to get all the questions in for tonight. If you still want to call in to us, the line is open at 347-539-5372. Again, that number is 347-539-5372. And I see that you're not shy, by the way, folks. Thank you for not being shy during this live broadcast. <laughs> and Jackie, they're surely coming in. The questions are good. And the next one's coming from Tina, and it's a question related okay. to your travel question. So she mm-hmm. says, I believe earlier, BJ, you mentioned you like to travel, and Jackie talked about her travels extensively. Of all the places you visited, Jackie, which one did you enjoy the most? Oh, my gosh, that is such and a hard part question, two. So we'll start there first. There's a part two. <laughs> Oh, it's a part two. Oh my yeah. God. Well, Tina, will you hate me if I, I'm going to be honest. Um, one of, one of the trips I enjoy the most because it was so different for me was going to Kauai mm. and really being able to, again, it was a hiking trip, which was very interesting, but just being able to be in that environment during rainy season with a lot of mountains and, and, uh, nature around and really being able to see, um, this whole other way of life in a very small island with 70,000 people only and one main road that goes around it and a few interconnecting in between. Um, I, I just got a lot out of that because it was so different. I hadn't really traveled much mm-hmm. in a long time. Um, I, I used to travel internationally and 
long story, but I got married, I was married and travel stopped and then I got divorced and, you know, then I picked up again. <laughs> and, um, but I'm going to be honest, the Dominican Republic has to be the place as number one. Um, my family's from there. I wasn't born there and I did spend my summers there, but we're from a small village. So I didn't really see the country and it's amazing now um, as an older adult in my forties um, and in my late thirties, going back multiple times a year. But once a year, I go back with a group with the Gravelers Bicycle Group and a Pedal for Hope nonprofit foundation. And we go to very remote areas of the country where we don't have immigration patterns. So people aren't sending anything back home to these people in these particular villages. And we bring school supplies, book bags. Sometimes we have a doctor with us, food, clothes, toys. And, and through that journey, I've gone to, and each year we do a different route. So I've gotten to see parts of my home country that I would have never been able to see before. And I'm just <laughs> amazed at all the beauty and the different uh, kinds of terrain, people and culture across these different regions, whether you're on the west side by the by the border with Haiti and you cross the international market or you're on the north or you're on the south, which is very poor, or you're to the east and you cross over to um, Samana and Terrenas. So I'm, I'm going to be honest, I think it's because I needed to connect to something that I wasn't, mm -hmm. I didn't always feel a part of, that that's why I made it that, that mm -hmm. number one place. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. And you know, Tina has a part two for you, so brace yourself. Yeah. <laughs> now, Tina wants you to rank your top three visits. Whew, Tina. <laughs> I'm thinking of that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> this, this is good. my top three visits of all time? Yeah. Huh. That is a good one. Um, that's I hard. did. That's a, that's a hard one. These might change after I reflect on it a little right. bit, Tina. I'm so sorry. Um, but you know, off of the top of the head of my head right now, one of those top ones that I'm thinking about is one trip that I did where I was able to go to uh, London, Paris, and uh, I know this is weird. I went to Spain mm -hmm. for dinner. <laughs> I know. So that's another question. Um, and it was the first time <laughs> it was the first time I ever crossed uh the pond, the big pond as they say. And um I was in my early twenties. But the reason that that was one of the top ones is because I hadn't really left my Bronx bubble much mm -hmm. until that trip. So that was mm -hmm. a life changing trip and and I barely slept and I crossed all these countries. I was doing day activities, evening. It was for school, a study abroad for two weeks. Um, but I, I thought that was life-changing for many reasons, not just because of the places I saw, but the changes that, that I, you know, how, it, how that process changed me and that trip mm -hmm. changed me. When you leave that bubble and you cross an ocean or you go to mm -hmm. another country, and yes, Dominican Republic for me was another home. So it didn't, it's not the same thing, but you cross to this other country with different language and culture. It just, it changes you uh, in terms of how you see the world. And I think that's why I rate that one as my number one. Thank you so much. I have so to wait two that. more, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. That was, <laughs> Tina, you I'll did it to her here. This was a I really know, good, Tina, because it's hard though. It really I, is because you don't just travel to one place. You travel for different places for different reasons, right? And to get mm -hmm. that global, that, that, that perspective, the various perspectives. And so it's hard to rank what's so beautiful and so uh, appreciated in so many spaces. So mm -hmm. it's a tough one. You don't have to do but, the other two, by the way. We'll I was going to say, but Tina, too. I'll give you Hawaii and DR. I won't explain too much, but those <laughs> two have been uh, life-changing as well. There are other countries. I won't even touch those today, but if you want more information, I'll be happy to talk to you. And that's a great, and you know, Tina, that's a great plug. When you go to my Who I'm Supporting page by tomorrow, I'll be updating to make sure Dr. P's um, contact and her social media feed and website options are there, so that way you're able to be in touch with her. This next question is coming from Bob. And this mm -hmm. one takes it in a different direction, Jackie. It's about his own life story. He says, I'm currently thinking of pursuing my doctorate, but I'm having Ooh. reservations. We've been there, right? Yeah. <laughs> are very helpful. Uh, I think the first thing to ask yourself, Bob, and I don't know if you have, and I'd be happy again to talk offline, is why are you getting your doctorate? That's going to make a big difference. Um, if you're, you know, I'm not saying this is your case, but some people go for the doctorate because they want the title. 
some are looking for certain kinds of jobs and, and, you know, they're not so much interested. Well, they are interested, but it, it doesn't have that fire and passion. Um, and so sometimes it becomes more stressful yeah. that, and you don't allow yourself time to really uh, love the experience because you can't love the experience. I had a great experience most of the years of my doctorate, not all. <laughs> and I actually loved writing my dissertation. So, um, yes, I think Billy and I, well, we're creatives and we love writing. So we we love that process. But really, Bob, I mean, number one is um, make sure you're ready, that you are able to give it the time you would like to. Make sure you are comfortable with stuff that you decide to do. Make sure that you know why you're getting your doctorate. And then uh, choosing the right program for, for what you want. So what is your purpose? What is your why? And then what are your goals? And then the right program, because maybe I'm, I'm, I didn't get a higher ed doctor. And most people thought that that's what I should have gotten. I went with language, literacy, and culture at FIU under the curriculum and instruction program. But that PhD for me was important because I, my why was about empowering students coming from all these different places and with these different backgrounds. And that program really helped me. And I was able to mix in a little higher ed in the research I did. So find your why your goals, and then find the right program that matches that. Find the right pace um, for yourself, for the program. Uh, Some people want to finish in three years and get overwhelmed. Some people are okay taking five, six years Mm -hmm. to do it, and they enjoy the process. Um, and And I think that's the most important thing. If you can enjoy the process, wow, what a, what a win. You're not just getting that doctorate, but you're enjoying the journey. That's very true. And, and Bob, it's been as of this December will be 17 years since I graduated with my PhD. So I graduated in 2003. It's crazy. And I, did I get that right? I think I got the numbers right. And so I look back and I remember one of my professors when I was first in grad school, when I was thinking about it, I was 24, 25 at the time. And I remember saying, I want to do this. And she said, you know what? At first I wasn't going to do it. And I said, you know, I just want to work. I was a full-time high school teacher. I just want to work a few years, get established, and then we'll see what happens. And she looked at me and she said, Billy, you're young. You're supposed to be adventurous. She said, you're very smart. Yes, it'll be the next three or four years of your life, but you, you, it'll make sense in time. And she said, but I need, you know why I'm telling you now, Billy? And I said, why? She said, because you know your purpose. If you know your purpose, it'll lead to your passion. And I said, oh. And I didn't get that then in 25, 25, uh, 25-year-old mind that I now I see at 46, right? And I think at what Jackie said, all those points were spot on. You got knowing what the right fit, finding the right program, the right and the right connection, and also be in the right season of your life because mm-hmm. you have to know where you're at because this is a major commitment. If you have others, significant others, children who are involved, their lives are impacted by and the beneficiaries of this great opportunity as well. So you may want to have that conversation or if not reflect and evaluate where that fits. So that way that you're able to do this and have the full commitment of your support. So your social support and personal support systems. We're now down to the last eight minutes of the show, Jackie, and we're going to try to squeeze in a couple of these questions. Okay. I'm going to try to answer them as fast as possible and offer myself to talk offline. (laughs) You're good. Your speed and tone is fine. I want you to continue being you. I'll watch the time. You just continue being you. Here's the question that I have. That I, let's see, there's so many good ones here. Um, I'll, I'll choose this one. And this one is, is from Nancy. Nancy says, how has COVID, the COVID experience, encouraged your creativity? We kind of answered it a bit earlier, but there is some other pieces to that that, that are beyond just our work, right, and the things mm-hmm. that we're doing, even personally, like, because we also may have discovered new talents or rediscovered or resurfaced new talents or hidden talents that we had in us before. So how has COVID, this COVID experience impacted you and your creativity, your creativity, Jackie? Yeah. So uh, that's a great question. And I was, mm-hmm. um, I, I have, uh, I, I help out with, you know, my parents. So I, I quarantined in indoors starting in March. I think March 15th was my last day out and I was quarantined for four months. But let me tell you, um, I, I was already used to working from home. So that worked out well. But the time and what was going on allowed me some space to think about what I really wanted to accomplish. Going back to that purpose, that passion mm-hmm. and those goals, 
And one of the things I was able to do during COVID was to start my podcast, which I always said, oh, I'll do it another day. I'll, I'm not good at editing yet. I'm not good at taping this. And, and COVID and, and the experience taught me, you know, you got to stop being so afraid and just get out there. And, uh, and I was able to accomplish that without great editing, without the best sound, but really quality information and just get out there and start the podcast. And so that came out of COVID. I think COVID, um, the situation with the pandemic has really taught mm-hmm. us that life is precious and it's just changed how I approach, I think, the projects I pick and, and my creativity has been sparked because I have more time to quiet myself a little bit. But now it's the opposite with COVID, uh, everyone's starting up at the same time, and now we're all getting overwhelmed and schools are opening, but at least towards the first, you know, five months, you had time to rethink. And I think what we saw forced us to think about what is important to us, what's important to Jackie, what's important to Jackie's family, am I really living a life where I'm focused on what's important to me? And um, and then from there, I was able to answer some questions and make some um some life decisions that I needed to make that I was putting off. Mm, very, very critical. And, and, and I, I too relate, you know, six years ago, I remember having to make a choice. I said, do I want to do this? I, and it was so scary. It's scary, you know, taking that leap of faith, but you know what, Jackie, what kept me going? And I'm sure you may re- relate to this. I feel I'm a good person. I feel I make good contributions in the world mm-hmm. and I'll be okay. Things will work out. You will be where you're supposed to be, Billy. If you believe and you continue to stay focused and align yourself with the right energy and, and spirit in the world, it'll work out. And it does. And, and it's not just, we're not just, I'm not just saying this because of the lifestyle that I live today, folks. I come from humble beginnings like Jackie, too. But I recognize, A, my, the company that I keep and also the company I wanted to achieve. And I needed to know that and understand because that company still starts to reflect who I am and my own identity. And as you mature in life, you begin to also recognize what's more essential, those priorities, right? And I realized that's what the 40s club does. It does really embrace that, or at least those who are mature to see it. It helps encourage that, right, Jackie? It helps yeah. encourage kind of thinking and, and thought. You know, Jackie, there's one more question I'm going to join in. And Ramona, you actually took my question here, which is, <laughs> it's right on my list. So forget the list. I tell you, these questions were so good because Dr. Dr. P is just that good and, and, and her insights are so good, which is why oh. you have to listen to her show, folks. You've got to listen to her podcast. You've got to cross over. Coffee and an interview with Dr. Jacqueline Pena. Please check it out, okay? Um, and, but Brianna, Ramona asked, excuse me, not Brianna, Ramona asked this question. So what's coming next, Jackie? You're doing all these really cool things. Mm. And creative people are always busy. <laughs> Let me say that. <laughs> you and I are cut from the same cloth. But what's coming next for you, Dr. Pena? Is there something you haven't done yet that you'd like to do professionally or, and or personally? That's a really good one, Ramona. So I, I want to say professionally, and it kind of ties to COVID. Um, one of the things I realized is that we don't all have access to information, to resources, and right so that going back to that equity and so I'm trying to put out as much free programming for people so if people want to learn how to start a small business what can I do for free to show you at least give you some heads up on some of the initial steps and so um, some of the stuff I'm doing is that I'm, I'm, I'm embracing coaching through that so I do consulting with companies and schools but now I find myself coaching more and creating these discover your strength circles. So I'm mm. coaching people on how to st- starting a small business or coaching programs, or uh, maybe it's personal. You know, some people have, uh, I'm coaching them through some very complicated personal situations so that they can discover their strengths and, 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 and go to where they want to go in the future. So I, I think I'm going to be embracing more of the discover your strength circles and discover your strength community where we can inspire each other to grow and get to where we want to go, how we want to get there and being who we want to be once we get there. So definitely more of that. And I definitely am looking forward to breaking into the fiction world. So really uh, revising those two novels that I've I've finished. One is short short stories, but it's really one novel broken down by what you drink. So it's a, I used to call it the drinking book, but on my calendar it says drinking uh, when I block off the writing time and it doesn't look right. So I have to come up with a title, but Really looking at a a Dominican-American woman's life from the age of four to the age of 60 through short chapters focused on a drink, whether it's whiskey, beer, water, tea. So I'm looking forward to revising some of these fiction books. I'm getting them out there 
to really help inspire people to discover their strengths uh, as they read this narrative. And I want to keep growing our Discover Your Strength book club. We have a great book club where we look at the characters in the book mm-hmm. and what they go through and how they discover their strengths. And then we apply that to ourselves. What can we get out of the narrative? How do we discover our strengths through reading the narrative? So those are some of the creative things I'm working on. I'm going to keep adding episodes to coffee and an interview and really focusing on the journaling series to keep empowering more people to reflect and grow through the journey process. And again, uh, consulting and coaching uh, are big things for me. I think, I think, I think my purpose is really to empower others to succeed in their personal and professional endeavors and 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 to and part of that is discovering your strength and using that to uh, you know empowering yourself through that but then empowering others discover your strength and empower yourself or I should say the other way empower yourself and discover your strength and then use that to empower others if you can whether community or how can you how can you pay it forward so that's a lot of what I have coming up next in the rest of this year in 2021 and 2022. And I want to say thank you so much for coming and all of our listeners worldwide for listening to us tonight from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in America. Jackie, we're very proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And, and oh, just, thank you. We'll always have your back and continue to support the incredible things you're doing. This is not the final time or your final visit here. We're going to be having you back <laughs> for more reunion shows to hear more of the incredible things that you're doing. And until Absolutely. then, folks, continue to listen more to our shows. You can visit us on Apple, on Apple Podcasts and on Google Play as well to listen to almost 200 of the episodes that we have here, here at the Everyday Until our next episode, thank you for listening and take care. Thank you, everyone, and thank you, Billy. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.